0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We
1: return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio 630 Chad, Welcome back, everybody. 1234 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse 99.90 Jasper Avenue Reminder every Wednesday's date night at Roos Chris Steakhouse Where two can dine for $120 You can text us at 630-630 Nathan has texted the show We just ran some of those audio calls uh, Specifically from uh, Some of the American teams involved in the playoffs And Nathan out of Grand Prairie Says Bob, uh, no wait a sec Where did the text go? Oh, there it is. It's out of Red Deer. Nathan from Red Deer. Bob, man, Jack uh, Jack Michaels, I think I'd learn how to pronounce the guy's name. Jack Michaels would mop the floor of those guys. There you go. Well, that's one man's opinion. Uh, Obviously, Jack has a friend named Nathan that lives in the Red Deer area. We bring aboard Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, how are you? Not bad.
1: I have to agree with Nathan. I I think Jack's great. I think he would do an amazing job.
0: Yep. Uh I, I really look forward to when he gets that opportunity to go do radio or T V in the States. I can't wait for that day to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little sarcasm. Oh, it's, <laughs> You guys have a good Kevin. Yeah,
0: no, well, yeah. Uh, less is more sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So, for, for, for my end, no, it's, it's good. There's no question. It's good. All right, let's get right to... He, uh, he loves Marcus Sorensen, Louie. Like, every... And so, Sorensen's been really good this Whoa. playoff run. But, no, like, Jack was like... He's like, Wiley, take this guy out. Remember, that's, uh, that's who uh, uh, McDavid just crushed with that hit in Game 5 when the Oilers were down 3-1 in that game. But... Sorensen's been excellent uh, for San Jose through that sweep over at him. So I'm laughing because every time he does something, I get a, a one-word text, Sorensen, from yeah. Jack. So there you have it. Depth scoring.
1: You know, when you look at the two sweeps, the Vegas Golden yeah. Knights and the San Jose Sharks who are going to face each other in the second round, It was, it's depth scoring. They're getting scoring throughout their lineup, and there's not a ton of scoring um, on the Vegas Knights part of it, but timely scoring by different people. Um, throughout the lineup column, I believe. Every single line got involved in the scoring in those four games, even though it was a small, uh, a low-scoring series for Vegas over L.A. and for San Jose, everybody got involved. So just uh, great performances by both of those teams. I did not expect either of those series to go only four games. I thought they were going to be longer series. I thought they were going to be drawn out. I thought it was going to be a grind, but... uh, I guess we don't know anything because uh, they're both onto the second round
0: pretty well quickly. you worked let's start with the series you worked. Vegas and LA LA had nine forwards not pick up a point in that four-game series Louie that's hard to do and
1: it well especially the 70s line look no further than Carter to Foley and for me Pearson those three guys yeah. especially I thought Kopitar came on and as the series went on he started to play the way that he could play I thought Brown had tons of chances Um, Iafalo actually did very well in that top line. He missed game two as a healthy scratch but he was back in for three and four after playing number one, and he was fine in that top line. I thought his speed and skill, he's built for the new game. I think he's a young guy that's going to be solid for them in the future, but uh, there was just not enough depth scoring, no question. Nine forwards, as you mentioned, and uh, credit to Vegas Golden Knights against a very veteran team that had a ton of experience. Eleven guys that have won a Stanley Cup, they uh, they shut them down and closed the door. It was it was really impressive to see how Vegas was able to do.
0: Well, you look at the strength they had down the middle. I mean, Jonathan Quick, I think we can agree, top five goaltender in the world. Uh, He
1: was fantastic too, by the way. I can't cut. You have to give him credit. He gave his team chances every game.
0: Yeah, Drew Doughty, right? One of the top three defensemen in the National Hockey League. I think that's a fair assessment. And then you have Kopitar and Carter. I'm like, I looked at them. To me, that was going to be the difference when I picked L.A. to beat. uh, vegas but mark andre fleury um, well, he was unbelievable
1: he really was and uh you know it, it, as much as i hate to say you're almost you're almost kind of waiting for when he was going to falter you know in the game was he going to yep. break was he going to let in a softy Were they're going to eventually get to him because they were bumping him every single game and to his credit he was fantastic just dealing with all of that he had a smile on his face he just got up he kind of shrugged it off this is a veteran guy. This guy has played some he, some huge games throughout his career. Three Stanley Cups. Um, was a part of all three. Obviously, two of them more of a part of and one a big part of. Uh, but you know what? He came in there. He was loose. He was confident. His team really respects him. They love this guy. They play hard in front of him. And you know what? They got performances from everybody in their lineup. It, they're a bunch of clones out there. You, it's hard to tell them apart. Yeah. If they didn't have numbers and names in the back, you'd you make it be really difficult, style wise, to tell the difference in players. They all play the same way. And uh, I got to give Gerard Gallant a lot of credit. Ryan McGill there, Mike Kelly, the coaching staff—they've done a terrific job at uh, at getting those guys prepared. And they play the same way every night.
0: Well, I keep on, you know, during the you know in November, it's like when's this team going to fall off, and they never did. You know, I thought, well, they're not going to beat L.A., and they took them apart and won in four (laughs) straight games.
1: I was with you. I was. I I really thought L.A. was going to grind them down and eventually win the series. It was going to be a 6-7 gamer, and eventually they were going to slow that speed down with being ultra-physical. It didn't
0: happen. Well, is there something to be said? I mean, Gallant has got everybody to perform. I mean, we just had a year at Edmonton this year where we're sitting there going, all right, who is better than last year? Like, McDavid was spectacular with the exceptional power play. Like He was spectacular. He had the best five-on-five year in the NHL in 20 seasons. So he had a pretty good year. Um you know, GG Care had a good first 60 games. Darnell Nurse had a good first 50 games. But there were a lot of other guys that were underwhelming. And you converse that or, or contrast that with Las Vegas. I mean, every single guy, you just get the shift, like the, the sense with shift by shift that they've got everybody going. There's no passengers. There's no guys. You, you know, you'd sit and you'd watch Milan Lucic, uh, Louie, and. There were way too many times where if it didn't happen on his initial surge, there was no second surge. You know, the the second effort, third effort that you need to win, and you watch Vegas and every single player gives you not one, not two, but three or four uh, chances on a play. They never stop. Like, it's just an incredible thing to watch.
1: You know what, I'll tell you this. This is where I think it stems from. I think it stems first and foremost from the management putting the team together, looking for a certain type of player. So George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon did a great job, you know, deciphering through what was available and trying to bring on the right people. Now, do do I think that they thought for a second they were going to win the Pacific Division and and sweep and for the first series against the Los Angeles Kings? No, I don't think they thought that. They're ultra happy about that. But I do think they were looking for a certain type of team. And that type of a team is exactly what you're talking about. They were going to compete. And I remember Ryan McGill, I did the game in, in the exhibition game in Vancouver, and they came in and blew out Vancouver in that game too with a bunch of nobodies. But you know what? He said, listen, we're building a team here that is going to be ultra-competitive. That's the exact words they used, ultra-competitive. We're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to be ultra-competitive. So if you add some skill in there, you add some guys that came out you know, that were suppressed in different lineups and Carlson and Howla and guys that came into there and, you know, a young guy like Alex Tuck that's emerging now into the playoffs and, you know, everybody, Belmar, nobody talks about Belmar very much, but he's a fantastic penalty killer and just an energy guy. But you put all that together and you play the same way each and every night, that's the results that you're going to get. And here's the thing. I was able to watch five of their skates. At their practice facility in Summerland yes. over the course of the year, a couple times when Edmonton was in there, I was in there early, and a few times here in the playoffs, I went out to Summerlin and watched their playoffs uh, practice skates. Every single practice, exactly the same, Bob. And I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating when I say exactly the same. They were high tempo. They had fifteen hundred people in the stands watching. They were yipping and yelling, moving the puck, and I'm telling you they just totally carried that right over into the game. What they did on the ice in practice is what they did in the ice in games, and they've never changed. They've never deviated from that system. It's about time we start believing in this team because you know they'd probably prefer that people keep taking them lightly because look what happens when you do, but uh, San Jose is in for in for a real rush here because this the one thing this team can do is they can play that way for an extended period of time. As that game went into the second overtime, game two. Yeah, it wasn't close. It was the Vegas Golden Knights that absolutely took over that game. They yep. did not drop off a beat. And that was really impressive. I thought it was gonna be the other way around. I really did. I'm gonna honestly tell you when I went into the series, I was telling people that I really thought the experience, the size, the grit, and let's face it, the superstars in LA were gonna come forth and eventually know how to win a game when it really mattered. I was absolutely wrong. and uh, I'll tell you what, I I was happy to be wrong because it was really exciting.
0: Were you wrong on uh, Anaheim against San Jose? Because I was.
1: I was wrong on that one, too. I thought Anaheim was going to certainly put up a bigger push, and I even thought eventually they were going to finish it off, too. I did. I thought they were a team that uh, was starting to peak, and obviously they had some key injuries, there's no question. But I just thought with the experience again there and the way that they played a nasty, gritty game, I didn't think that that san jose again was going to be able to stand up to the rigors of a long series but what did they do they came into the exact same things they were quicker they were faster they had the puck more they defended well they got great goaltending martin jones is a terrific goaltender i mean i i liked him when he was with the los angeles kings and you know when boston got his rights i was surprised they traded him so quick because i thought he could have been the goalie of the future but he was a goalie now and they knew that and they got a pick for it but you know, here's the thing. He's a tremendous goaltender in his playoff. His playoff numbers just continue to grow. He's just been outstanding. And uh, it all came together. You know what? They had no answer for it. And every time they scored, when Cogliano scored last night, I thought, oh, here we go. They're digging their teeth in a little bit here. Maybe they'll make something of it. It wasn't, what was it, a minute and a half later they yep. scored <laughs> to go back up to. One, it was like, sorry. That's short-lived, you're done, and they just finished it up. To put a bow on it, how both Vegas and San Jose did, is impressive because that's not easy to do in the playoffs, especially when a team is up against the wall and it's veteran guys like Getzlaff and Perry and players that have done this before in the past, Kessler. Um, they didn't have an answer. And give San Jose a lot of credit. They found a way to finish it off.
0: Louie, very quickly, uh, let's not forget, Martin Jones traded for a San Jose number one pick in 2016, and then Martin Jones backstabs or backstops the uh, uh, San Jose Sharks to the Stanley Cup final, and in the process backstabs the Boston Bruins with that pick, dropping the valuation, that pick. A lot of people thought that would be a mid-first-round pick all the way down to 29th. He ended up getting Trent Frederick there. All right, so Anaheim and L.A., are out. Which team do you think is going to like LA had a pretty tumultuous off season last year, right? Dean Lombardi out Daryl Sutter out uh, obviously Rob Blake in along with uh, uh, John Stevens Uh, and now you got a situation in Anaheim. Do you think that there could be some significant changes coming there?
1: Yes and no. Certainly, it sounds like uh, Francois Beauchemin going to hang up the blades. He said after the series he was going to he was going to retire. Uh, wanted to have one more year, and he went back down on him for that. So they're going to let's face it. Again, they had some real key injuries, and they've got some young guys coming up. I don't think there'll be as many changes as we think. They just want to get healthy. They want to be able to put on the ice the amount of guys they can put on the ice. Uh, but there will be a couple of changes, I think. And
0: uh, what about Randy Carlyle? Again,
1: for again for me, <laughs> you know what. I guess you're never safe anymore, to be honest, and I think when you look at it, but I also look at, again, um, what he was dealing with, you know, it's, uh, their backhand without Fowler is just not the same, it's just not the same back there, it's like taking out Drew Dowdy from the Los Angeles Kings, they were not the same in that game, not even close, you take out a top defenseman like that, and I don't think Fowler gets enough credit for how good of a defenseman he is, so again, you have to put all the pieces back together again and see where you are first before you start making some, some rash decisions on what you're going to do, but... I think every team that loses, and I think every team that wins, there's always change. You know, there's always players that go in and out, uh, but I certainly think they're going to want to try and get uh, a little faster, uh, maybe take away some of the size element that we're seeing now, the teams do, that just are going away from it. and. You know, a guy like Nick Ritchie, let's say, you know, he's a big guy, but, you know, you're going to have to start doing a little more with that size if you're going to play that way. And I think he can skate. I think that's the one thing that benefits him is that he can still play at a high level when he wants to. So he's going to have to learn to bring that on a more consistent basis. But I expected him to have a much bigger impact this year. I thought he was going to have a real breakthrough year, but he didn't. Guys like Kasha have stepped up. He's now in the mix, and he's not going anywhere. You know, that's a guy for me that stepped up and grabbed it. He's a bigger guy, but he can skate. He can play. He can, he's a great shot. I think he's going to be a star in the making. Raquel's a star in the making. So I just don't see them blowing that thing up. I think they still have core veterans. They can build around. I already think the second wave of young guys is starting to come in, and uh, I think they'll be fine. It was just they ran into a real hot team, and they got owned.
0: Alright, well very quickly we should tell people that uh, regarding Randy Carlisle after the completion of the 2017 uh, playoffs, uh, don't forget they went into the third round, he did get a one year contract extension through to the end of 2018-19 with an option for 2019-20. And the Ducks, the Ducks have been a fairly fiscally responsible NHL team. They uh, they have a self-imposed team camp. I'll be, intri- what, uh- I'll be intrigued to see what happens there. Sorry, you were going to ask me, Louis?
1: Oh well, you haven't even brought up the the Kucherov hit or the Hartman hit.
0: What'd you think of? I those can't dude? believe
1: it! I can't believe it. How about well,
0: how I'm much down. the ga- Like how about how about <laughs> how much time I, Corey Perry and more specifically Ryan Getzlaff and Ryan Kessler spent in the penalty box? Medal. Yeah,
1: totally. Undisciplined. Hey. Totally undisciplined. It caught up to them. They, and we, you and I, have talked about this. They're a sticky team. Yeah, they're a cross-check team first, and it caught up to them. Yeah, that uh, call it arrogance, call it confidence. I don't care what you call it undisciplined is what it becomes when you take that many penalties, but uh, it eventually caught up to them. We didn't see those penalties called last year in the playoffs.
0: Oh, so if think, oh yeah, well, and if I bring him, that up, know, I'm, the, I'm the homer from Edmonton there's bringing no it up. i the homer from Edmonton, but there's no question. They got away with a ton more last
1: year. They yeah. did not get away with it this year, and uh, you know what? It cost them dearly, but um, Kucherov, this Kucherov, Kucherov and Hartman hit, I think, they're entirely different hits. I yeah. really do. I think that Kucherov, if you look at the hit, two things. His core hits the core Yep. As Vatanen, um, his hip hits his hip. His shoulder hits right through the middle of the court. Look where, just look at where Vatanen's body goes. It goes straight back. I mean, he hits him right through the body. And yes, yep. he might contact head at the same time, but it's a whole body hit. Yep. Whereas the Hartman hit for me is an old school clipping hit. Number one, he's in a vulnerable position because he just came through two players. I think it was Fisher and Yarncroak. Yeah. Dishes it wide. He's watching his pass. It is not the responsibility of the puck handler and the passer to protect his head. It is the responsibility of the hitter to make sure that he takes the body in a hit like that. He clipped him. If you watch his head, it snaps 100% 100% he's going to be suspended for at least one game, and he might even get more for that.
0: One. Uh, hey, Louie, I was going to talk to you about P.K. Subban, because uh, he worked over uh, Nathan McKinnon, and what would have happened back in your day if they'd gone after uh, you know, and P.K. is a heck of a player too, but there would have been retribution, but I, I'd be remiss without doing this. Jake DeBrusque the Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs. Who says one call can't change the outcome of a game? The Leafs mean gifted that power play on that uh, puck over the glass <laughs> call, right? That changed because hey,
1: all, all I could think about was Theo Peckham in San Jose putting it through the camera hole. Right. That's all I thought about when I saw that. That has to
0: be a reviewable game. call down the road.
1: Well, here's the thing. I don't want it to be reviewable by the coaches. What I do want, though, is when they huddle, which isn't very often, everybody thinks it's going to take away
0: from the time of the game, yep. but
1: it's not going to happen that often.
0: They get buzzed so, when they huddle and come no, over and, hey. They, they,
1: they have the iPads right there. They have them right there are the tablets or whatever they yeah. use. They pick it up. They take a look. We saw a clear angle. So everybody at home, everybody on the big screens, looking and saying, hey, that hit the glass. Yeah. So you know what? You take it and you go, okay, it did hit the glass. Face off. There's no explanation nothing it's just yeah. no penalty you just walk over to the face off and let's go
0: all right hey lou that's not where i was gonna go uh, jake's got two points so far in the playoffs, so he's tied the old man but you did it under with with all due respect to jake i mean hey uh you know Freddie anderson's a good goalie hey no offense i did it on a hall of famer you did it on a hall of famer man <laughs> tell a story <laughs> yeah you know what
1: uh, i hope he passes me by a gazillion points but you know what i uh well, the only reason I scored goals is because of Jim Schoenfeld, the coach. That's the only reason that I scored the goals. He said, you know what, from now on, we're not dumping pucks in the corner. We're not rimming it because Führer comes out. He plays the puck. Pronger, McGinnis go back. It's an easy out of their zone. Right. Let's rip, it up. Let's rip the shot off of Führer. So shoot it from distance. Make him have to play it awkwardly to one of the other corners. It's hard to, hard to control a puck off the pads, especially his pads are pretty lively. And then we'll get more hits on Pronger and more hits on McGinnis. That was the whole, the entire plan. And we also thought because McGinnis had taken out, I believe, five or six guys with his shots that year, we might act. We might actually take that that series. We might actually take out one of their defensemen by putting the shot through the defenseman onto the net.
0: Okay, so, so this is was, this is Phoenix against yeah. St. Louis. You're in Phoenix, is, yeah, Phoenix against, and you
1: played the minors most of that year, right? Yeah, I only played 15 games that year, but got called up and played in the playoffs. And uh, this was game three, I believe, game three in St. Louis. And uh, sure enough, I came over the line. The first one was that. Puts me at the blue, hoo- and I just, I just shot it off the fly, a one-timer. And then the second one was exactly what Jim Schoenfeld talked about. I was just shooting the puck from center ice on the net, and I went right to the bench. By the time I got to the bench, the guys were... Uh, high-fiving me and uh, roughing me up because the puck went in the net. It was just a knuckler that uh, eluded Führer. It just kind of went through him. But uh, I always say I think I'm the only person in history that got Grant Führer pulled twice in a game because he got pulled. After the vote, they were so disgusted that I actually scored on him that they pulled him. <laughs> and, then, and then Jamie McClellan went in there and started to, like, rough it up and go crazy. So they threw fear back in there because, you know, Noodles, he's going to go out there and try and get something going. Oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't going to take it lightly. It was great. It was a really physical series. You want to talk about a physical series? That series was crazy physical. But then... uh... They put fear back in there, and I scored on him again. I think he got yanked again, so he got pulled twice. But he always has the last laugh, and he always makes sure he lets me know. Shut out in Game Seven against he shut us, he shut the door against us, and Nikolai Hadiboulin let in one. Yeah, I both, goaltenders, both goaltenders were great. Yeah,
0: uh, there you go, Louis DeBrusque with uh, only two points in his NHL uh, playoff career, which is two more than yours, truly. Uh, but he got two goals in the same game against a Hall of Famer. Awesome stuff, Louis. Now, do you know where you're being assigned to next, my friend? I do not,
1: so just waiting to see how things pan out here and how the series fi- uh, finish, and,
0: and we'll see where we go. All right, well, let's hook up next week. Thanks, Louis. All right, take care, Bob. You bet. From NHL Hockey on Rogers, that is Louis DeBrusque. It is 12, uh, 12.54. We'll take a timeout on orders now. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 Ched. 1256 And welcome back, everybody. If you're looking for a great hockey road trip this fall, Sweden and Germany, you can follow Oilers Now with newest travel to Europe in October. See the orders uh, and get a chance to experience Germany and Sweden. New West travel package includes flights, hotels, game tickets, welcome receptions, and book now. For the orders now, hockey road trip to Sweden and Germany. Space is limited. We just opened up 10 new spots. Actually, to be honest with you, you got a box in one of the buildings. That's how it happened. Uh, reach out to New West travel 780 432 7446 or online at newest travel.com. Oh, the Sharks fan is texting me away. Uh, Bob, is Martin Jones a top five goaltender in the world? Uh, He's certainly six through ten. He's played top five uh, this year in the playoffs, no question. Uh, Regarding the hit on Sorensen, you mean the late hit by McDavid? Oh, I forgot. The Oilers never do stuff like that. Uh, Guessing uh, you're so envious of the San Jose Sharks. I appreciate this guy's loyalties to the San Jose Sharks. I didn't have them. I didn't take them. They've been consi- You know who's a really good coach? Peter DeBoer's a good coach. He's a good coach. It's got to be stated. All right, Tony. if me. you remember, with about two uh, weeks left in the season, Bob, I was saying, okay, the Sharks, watch out for them. I was,
1: I was on board. Picking now, do in. you
0: ever jump in when you're completely wrong on something? I'm well, just wondering.
1: No, no, no.
0: You will let me know when I'm completely wrong. So oh, it's all good. suck it up, Buttercup. I'm two and zero. I'm feeling good so far. Are so. You, Well, I'm zero for two. <laughs> Not <laughs> even like I I, 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 moving forward. I'm trying to think. Like, my preference would be to see Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver claim the top three spots in the Pacific Division. I'm not going to be suggesting that's going to occur next year. I thought San Jose was going to go the other way. You know, they've done this without Joe Thornton, too. And they're going to have yeah, cap space. they'll be back. Could they end up getting John Tavares hmm. and Evander Kane signed? Perhaps. They got the cap space to do it. You talk about a market where you got to go hide. You can hide in San Jose. Uh, We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update. Dan Marr, uh, head of central scouting when we come back to talk about the upcoming NHL entry draft.